0: Be inspired by the best sales professionals, sales leaders, and coaches in the world of B2B sales. From IT services, medical devices, through to coaching and consulting companies, these principles will help you accelerate your sales performance and growth. Using models from the best-selling book, Inspire, Influence, Sell, and award-winning programs from Focus for Growth, you'll have the inside track on the psychology, skills, and systems used by the world's best sales teams. We'll hear from some of the best sales leaders from some of the fastest growing businesses in the world. They don't achieve record breaking growth by chance. They have a proven sales and leadership approach and a laser focus on growth. You can hear exactly how they do it one conversation at a time. This is the Inspire Sales Podcast and I'm your host, Justin Lee. Welcome to episode three of the Inspire Sales Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about a couple of key concepts that have been really valuable for me and my business and for my clients when we do client work together, particularly looking at sales training, sales development for teams. And the first is to consider the customer journey alongside the sales process. That's quite an obvious thing to look at, but it's such an easy miss for many companies, many teams. And I have this diagram, you can check it out. If you look in the show notes, I'll put a link in the show notes to this diagram, but it's a Actively, the customer journey and i'll talk you through it because it is quite fascinating what we do is reimagine the customer journey instead of working either left to right or top to bottom reimagine the sales process the sales funnel and the customer journey and we turn it on its head so you will all be familiar with the original sales funnel so we reverse the funnel so that the wide end of the funnel is at the bottom and the narrow end is at the top and the reason we do that is as a visual representation to remind ourselves in the traditional sales funnel it makes this inherent assumption that gravity acts with you through the sales process and your customers drawn down through the funnel and those of you who have a lot of experience in sales will know that nothing could be further from the truth and actually we have to work really hard to draw the customer up through the funnel so that we're continually keeping them engaged motivated and really you know inspired to work with us and to keep progressing through an opportunity and so you imagine that we work from bottom to top not top to bottom we've got this reverse funnel in place and then we look on the left hand side at the customer journey and we say what are the stages of the customer journey we map them out and it's an extension of the original aida principle which many of you may be familiar with so here's here's the steps the steps start as unaware the customer's unaware that we have value that we have a transformation that there's an opportunity for them and actually as well as being unaware very often they're skeptical and what we want to do is move the customer from unaware in the first instance to attentive So our job in that first stage is not to sell, not to pitch, it's just to get the customer's attention. A bit like a, I heard this analogy a while back and it resonates quite well, it's like a dog whistle. It's like you want the customer's ears to prick up as if they've heard a dog whistle. And when the customer becomes attentive, our job then is to start to think about how we move them to the next stage. So attentive, from attentive, the next stage is interested. Now we move through these first three stages by doing great preparation, knowing what our value proposition is. what our key messages are and then from attention to interested it's about market insight how can we share some things with a customer that disrupt their thinking that tell them something they don't already know either about their business or about the marketplace and that insight moves the customer from that first stage of attention to interested Now, when the customer's interested we mustn't mistake that for a buying signal all that means is that we have the customer in a position where they'd like to know more but the biggest mistake that salespeople make at that stage is to start to pitch their products and i've done this years and years myself and it's not until I had formal sales training and started to recognize and map out this route that we're talking about now that I changed the approach and when you have the customer's interest your job then is to understand their needs and we ask questions we listen to the customer we summarize what they're telling us we ask more questions we go deeper we try and think about the challenges they're facing we try and think about the objectives and the goals they're trying to achieve we try and bridge this gap where they are right now what they want in the future why they haven't got it already and all of those questions that get the customer talking about their current situation move the customer internally from interested to having some form of desire to change and that desire to change is only it only happens When the customer does it for themselves, they sell themselves to the next stage of the sales process. And when the customer's in a state of desire, that's when they're ready to talk about a solution, but not before. And so once we've understood the customer's needs, we've clarified them, we've summarized with the customer, that's the point at which we start to talk about a solution and how our solution might be able to help them meet the needs, challenges, desires, outcomes, goals that they have. And when we do that successfully and the customer is in the right stage in their buying journey, they then are prepared to progress to the next step, which is action. And when the customer is prepared to take action, that's when we make a proposal. And our proposal then meets a customer that's ready to move forward and progress. And if we position that in the right way and have the discussion and gain agreement on it, then we can progress the customer to become a, instead of a prospect, a customer with us. And our job at that final stage then is to create some form of immediacy and urgency so that the customer will be motivated to follow through on their actions and we will be motivated to do the same. And this, again, it's a really simple principle, but it's one that gets very often missed by sales teams is that final interaction with the customer to make sure that we maintain immediacy, maintain urgency, huge motivation for the customer, And we do that through, by future pacing, by solid summary, by being really clear on the actions we'll take, really clear on the actions the customer will take, getting them to articulate when they'll act, when we'll act and starting to join up the dots two or three steps ahead of where we are now. And then the final stage for us is, we have a customer at that point, we have a customer engaged, a customer involved with our business. Our ultimate goal though, is to think about how we create lifelong loyal clients for our business. And this is something that was, I guess drilled into me in one of my early sales role, when I worked for a very large multiple blue chip company. And our goal, the G- general manager of our business, our goal was to create lifelong loyal customers. Everybody knew it. Everybody had it as a bit of a drumbeat. It really changes your thinking on where you want your business to be, where you want yourself to be professionally. Not just to grow sales, grow your business, but to think about creating lifelong loyal customers and if you can get your teams and yourselves to think like that it really does change the dynamic because the other thing to generate long-term lifelong loyal customers you have to think about it you have to reflect on how you're working today you have to start to think about improvements continually develop grow the proposition you have to ask for customer feedback you have to provide world-class customer service because customers who receive the best service keep returning those who don't want so thinking about that customer journey and, and please do if you have a chance Please do look at the graphic for this. It's a really simple graphic on a page that shows stages of the customer journey on the left, stages of our sales process on the right, and how we align one with the other. And if you can think about putting in place a structure and a system like that for your teams to follow step by step, not only through individual sales calls, but through the entire sales process, it really does start to change the dynamic of your business. And what underpins all of this is great preparation. And very often when we think about preparation, it can turn people off. It used to turn me off. I know that for sure in my early days. And very often that's because we end up with really complicated account plans, really complicated territory plans, business plans, And it can be quite difficult for salespeople who perhaps aren't naturally inclined to do that preparation to get into the details. It can be really difficult for them to get their heads around successful preparation. And one of the things I've done over the years, one of the things I've learned is to try and simplify. So simplify to the point of practicality so that we don't oversimplify to the point where it's not effective. We simplify so that it's still practical and it can be remembered and utilised effectively in a business. And we have this model called the prepare two framework. And the two is as in squared, which is so it becomes a four blocker. Many of you may be familiar with the SWOT analysis, where you map out a customer on strengths, weaknesses, and then your opportunities and threats. And what we do in the prepare two framework, it's a similar principle, but it's specifically designed for sales. So if you imagine, if you will, you imagine a four blocker and on the bottom, you've got your X axis. And on the left of the X axis, we've got the customer or the client that we're dealing with. And on the right of the X axis, we have us and our business and and what we're doing to engage that client. And then on the Y axis, up, up to the left, we have internal, what's going on internally for the customer and for us. And then above that, we have external, what's going on externally for the customer and what's going on externally for us and then we build out a plan in those four quadrants and it's incredibly effective so we start on the bottom left with what's going on for the customer internally so we do some research on their website we might look at their social media profiles we might look at who they're working with the partners that they are engaged with We would start to map out key decision makers, maybe through some platform like LinkedIn. We'd start to look at announcements they've made. Maybe we'd start to look at some of their profit and loss accounts and really start to get an idea of what is this customer trying to achieve for themselves? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to mobilize? What changes are they trying to make? What challenges are they facing? Then above that, what's happening externally for that customer? We start to look at the market. So we look at the market that customers operating in, we look at the competitors they're facing, we look at the future trends they are either talking about or we discover perhaps that they're not fully aware of. We start to look at the wider landscape that they're operating in, we look at opportunities that are available and present for them, and of course the threats that we think they'll be facing. And what that does is it just sets us up with a really customer centric start to our plan so that we start to feel much more confident about engaging with that customer knowing something about the market and some, and, and a lot about their business and then to the right hand side then so we do the customer first then we start to build out our plan And we start with our own self management. So what are the things we need to do personally to prepare for that customer? What are the key insights we've gathered? How will we use them? What's the knowledge we've got in our own organization and how would we position that with a customer? What relevant experience do we have across not only our own territory, but our our business uh, functions. Then we'd look at the sales approach, what the sales stage is, where are we in terms of our engagement with that organization? And then finally, things like tools, assets, resources, mailing lists, maybe, some of the functional tools that we can use to engage that customer. And then the final box, our fourth box, is looking at what we call external validation. So it's the external marketplace related to us. So we might start to look at use cases or case studies of other customers that have worked with us and had successful outcomes. We'd start to look at some results data, so hard data that we can put in front of customers that that really does start to look compelling and delivers return on investment evidence. We might start to look at whole life cost so that when we compare ourselves to our competition, we can say, well, if you take the entire life cycle of the proposition, what's the difference in the whole life cost to the customer or to the end user, depending on your business model? And then we might start to look at the systems that we have that we can share with customers. What are the models and the programs and the pathways that we put in place so that we give the customer a truly world-class experience? And then finally we might look at referral data who are the key people that we're working with that could refer us in to key customers so that it fast tracks our relationships and gives us some kind of warm introduction and that is a model for preparing for key customers you can i've talked through it in probably just under five minutes i think you can imagine it's actually really straightforward we have a planning template for this we call it as i said before we call it the prepare to framework preparing for success with customers and if you'd like a copy of this model, please do reach out to me, I'll, I'll send you the spreadsheet. And it's got the four blocker where you can populate it yourself. It's got the key elements of the plan. And we've also got a couple of example plans if you're interested as well. So you can start to see how we're mapping this out for our own businesses. But when we get to this point of preparation, and we're clear on the approach, we're going to take the customers clear, the team are clear, you will be really surprised that Difference in the confidence going in. When you've got a solid plan, the difference it makes to teams in being able to execute and feel as if they are really on track and able to engage and influence customers is significant. The change or the shift that happens is quite remarkable. So, if you'd like to learn a bit more about that, when we line that up with the customer journey alongside our sales process, it's really impactful, really does start to join up the dots for a lot of sales teams. And as we talked about in episode one, so many. Many sales professionals have never been trained, that once we start to give them this structure and, and just a bit more uh, guidance around the approach they're going to take with customers, it really does make a difference, especially when you've got someone that's quite a natural salesperson, some with natural capability, put this kind of structure in place, they really start to it light up their performance. It really does make a difference. Now that's going to wrap up for today's episode. Next time, we're going to talk about how do we engage customers? How do we get a more Relevant approach for key customers? How do we make our messaging more customer focused, more customer centric? How do we get these cut through messages? And we'll talk about some principles and we'll look at some examples as well next time. And then we'll start to go into our sales process. So we'll look at how we engage people. We'll start to look at how we develop rapport and relationships. And we're really going to now start to, in the next three or four episodes, work through our sales process so that you get a great idea of how our models work and how you can start to deploy them in your organizations. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share it with somebody if you have. And uh, if you'd like to make make contact with us, if you'd like to get in touch, please feel free to do so. If you'd like, we're going to, in about five episodes time, we're going to start to interview guests. If you are interested and you'd like to join us, feel free to reach out to me directly. And I look forward to hearing from you. Wishing you every success for this year. And I'll hopefully see you on the next episode. Take care. See you soon. Genuine thanks for listening to the Inspire Sales Podcast. We hope you enjoy learning some of the most cutting edge sales techniques and getting close to some of the greatest sales leaders in the world now and in the future. If you'd like to explore further, please feel free to visit our website, focusforgrowth.co.uk. And if you'd like to take our sales acceleration scorecard and discover your sales and influencing score, then check out the show notes for the link in the bio. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your sales and leadership network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for further guests, or if you'd like to appear yourself, please contact me or my team. You can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. My social profiles are in the show notes, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.